1: Welcome, everyone, to the Happy at Work podcast. We are very excited that today we have Julie Geddes, who is the Vice President of People Operations for Therapy Brands. Julie, welcome to Happy at Work. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So to kick us off, I'd love for you to just tell us a bit about your career journey and how did it bring you to become the Vice President of People Operations with Therapy Brands?
3: Yeah, thanks. So believe it or not, I actually started in finance and accounting roles, which people sometimes find odd to see on my resume. How did you make that you know, transformation over to human resources? But um, I was fortunate enough to have worked for a CFO um, many years ago at a venture capital um, backed financial technology um, company, and was working in finance roles for him. Uh, We were bringing in some of the HR function in-house, and I started uh, realizing that I loved the people side of things uh, and was kind of gravitating towards that part of the work. Um, My role was growing into what would have been sort of a controller-type role, and I made the realization that's not what I wanted to do. And so Uh, I was actually contemplating leaving that company, but this wonderful boss that I had um, sat me down and asked me, you know, what was it that I wanted to do? And uh, we ended up agreeing on bringing in the HR work that was being outsourced and letting me, you know, take the reins on that. And so it started small with, you know, payroll and benefits and some employee relations and things like that. But that's where I really grew. my love for HR and kind of starting down that path. So uh, part of that um, meaningfulness to me is, you know, having somebody in your corner that believes in you and and really wants to sit down with you and say, where do you actually want to go with your career? And so I thank him for that to this day, because that started my journey uh, down the HR path for sure.
0: So as the head of people operations, I was curious about How you're really thinking about company culture and what you see as some of the most important aspects of company culture at therapy brands?
3: Yeah, so I think you know there's a lot of things as we have all experienced with changes through COVID. um, The you know the working landscape has really changed um, so much. Um, So how and and where we work uh, is different than it used to be. We're not all in offices anymore necessarily like we used to be. And so we're finding at Therapy Brands that, you know, connecting becomes even more important because it's a little bit tougher to do when you're not um, having lunch with somebody or walking down to somebody's office um, in the same building. Um, So I think just having regular interaction, having more communication, transparent communication, communication. finding out uh, what's important to our employees is really critical. So here we do a lot of um, engagement surveys where we get the feedback, you know, from our employees specifically, what is it they need in this changing environment? What's different? What's meaningful to them? And then Not just getting that feedback, but then acting on it in a meaningful way so that, you know, all of us, you know, feel heard and valued. I think in this environment that we're in, that's just become even even more important.
2: Julie, that's great. I'm actually going to ask you two questions. One is to follow up on, on what you were saying with Laura. Uh, what are people saying? What are they wanting? I know this whole hybrid in the office, out of the office, Zoom, what are they, what are they wanting? What are you hearing?
3: Yeah, um, you know, employees want to be tied to a mission um, and feeling like they're part of that mission and that they really have an impact on making a difference. So, for us at Therapy Brands, that becomes pretty easy because our, our mission is is really cool. Um, you know, we're helping mental and behavioral health practitioners expand their access to their clients and knowing that we're providing solutions to them that make it easier to do what they do. That's really meaningful to our employees um, that we're impacting the mental health industry Um in a really meaningful way, giving them more time to do what they do best to see more clients um, and to address more mental health issues. So having that connection to mission uh, is one very important thing. Uh, The other thing that we're seeing and hearing a lot is everybody wants to feel that um, a company is investing in their future and their growth. So Learning and development is a huge initiative for us uh, in 2023 and going forward. Um, I'm actually in the midst of hiring some wonderful L&D directors right now, Um, and so we're going to be really focused on learning and development. Whether that's you know role-based training, leadership training, Uh, we've started a mentorship program, buddy programs, just all those ways to help invest and develop folks as they. Kind of go down their own career path um, is one thing that just you know keeps coming up in conversation and, and is certainly something
2: that people are looking for. You're doing a lot. I, I might want to work for you. This sounds, this <laughs> sounds this <laughs> really good. Uh, that that kind of leads into my 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 final question um, is you know you have been recognized as one of the happiest places to work, so congratulations on that end. But I'm curious, what what are you doing? Uh, to promote well-being that is obviously working, but what are you doing that other people might be able to take into consideration?
3: Yeah, thanks, Michael. And we we couldn't be happier um, that our employees responded this way. So, you know, we spend a lot of hours at work, so it's really important um, how we spend those hours. It makes a difference, um, you know, to our own mental well-being if we're not only just satisfied at work, but happy at work. So, Um, You know, we talked a little bit about the mission and um, our employees are kind of innately um, happy that they're supporting that mission. So that certainly helps. That's a good starting point for us. Um, But, you know, we're uh, being intentional about providing um, and expanding total rewards for our employees. So just making sure we have comprehensive benefits that our employees are interested in and are valuable for their families, um, providing peer-to-peer recognition. We have some pretty cool programs that are centered around our uh, values, acronym for our values is CARES. So we have a caring culture, and we've got a lot of programs that center around that. Um, And, you know, like we mentioned, just making sure that people have ways to grow uh, in their own careers, develop, take on new opportunities. We um, we are the result of a lot of um, acquired companies. And so, you know, giving cross-training where um, customer care folks or sales folks can feel like they can support one of our um, many solutions is important. Uh, that adds value you know, to them and their career path to kind of have those expanded opportunities.
1: So, you know, Julie, when you um, look at your company, and I recommend a lot of people who are listening, check out your website. But as you, um, as I was looking at your website, realizing that you essentially provide software that allows therapists to really have that consistent um, brand experience uh, for their patients. Is, is Would that be an um, accurate representation or would you add anything to that description?
3: Yeah, no, that's right. It's giving them the tools they need to kind of get them out of the back office administration so they can see more clients. Exactly.
1: So one of um, the interesting stories that popped up this week in Boston is that Mass General Hospital apparently has the longest waiting list it's ever had. I think it's upwards of a year waiting list to get in to see a therapist. And so I'm just curious, you know, serving therapists as your clients, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the field of therapy as it might relate to how businesses and organizations are leveraging Therapists for for uh, well being of their employees, or are you seeing any other kind of interesting trends in that field?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you said it, um, and we have all seen with COVID, anxiety and depression um, went to heights that we have never seen before, and so um, demand for therapists and counselors is uh, unlike anything we've ever seen before. So. Um, you know, by, by offering the solutions that we offer and freeing up time, uh, for therapists is, you know, what we do best and what we're proud of, um, in fulfilling part of that mission for us. But, um, you know, some of the changes, um, you know, that people are realizing is, gosh, my, I might have to be on a wait list to see my therapist or, you know, it's going to be months before I can get in to see somebody. So what are some of the kind of alternative things that I can do to take care of my mental health? So we're definitely seeing and hearing more about um, people having to kind of get creative with their own mental health. Maybe they're seeing a wellness coach or a health coach. Maybe they're um, using their employee assistance program more Um if you're faith based, maybe you've got a counselor or a pastor or someone at your church that you're going to, you know, wellness apps are popping up. There are ways that you can, you know, find out how to be more proactive about uh, your own wellness habits and things like that through even technology tools and things like that. So we're definitely seeing that people are being more intentional about their own mental health, finding ways to get creative about that. Um, and uh, you know i you know i'll share a little bit personally um i have a daughter in law now who um is a therapist and coming right out of graduate school she got a job with a practice almost immediately her client list filled up almost immediately and you know a year into it she has regular clients that you know she sees month to month um And there's no, you know, uh, there's no room really on her schedule to take more. Um, So, um, you know, I think we're just going to continue to see that. The good news is mental health is becoming less uh, stigmatized, which is fantastic. Um, You know, that's uh, such a positive direction that we're seeing that go. But people like her. My own daughter is studying marriage and family therapy in school. Um, I tell her, you know, she's going to have job security Um, if she stays in that field. It's just, you know, we just continue to see it grow. Um, I have a son who's a youth director, and I feel, you know, making uh, an impact on um, children and adolescents and high school, um, you know, young adults. And so all those roles are just becoming so much more important. Um, these folks in my family, um, I don't have the skills that they do, but I admire their servant hearts so much because there's just such a demand. So, um, you know, it's good to be in a business where we're providing something that is supporting um, this industry and, and
0: really making a difference. It's like your whole family's doing something related to this topic, huh? I know it seems that way, so I, you know,
3: I love, like I said, what they're what they're doing and appreciate it so much.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I would argue that um, HR is a version of this too, right? right? That's what I would argue. There's a lot of kind of therapy that goes into being in in HR. That's yes. my opinion. Yes. So. Uh, On our podcast, we talk a lot about positive psychology, right? Topics related to optimism and resilience and just overall well-being. So I was curious about any tips, interventions, tricks, thoughts you have about the connection between positive psychology and the work you're either doing within the people operations function or just overall with uh, therapy brands.
3: Yeah, so the one thing that comes to mind is uh you know, I just believe small acts of kindness go a long way. And I think sometimes we don't pause enough in the day to recognize people around us. Um, You know, people are working hard and, you know, not that we all need a pat on the back, but occasionally a thank you or a kind word um, goes a long way. So we actually, we have a um, kind of an instant messaging uh, solution at Therapy Brands. And some of our employees create a created a channel that is just called the gratitude channel. And they have somebody that chimes in daily that will put a quote or a message or something to start the day off right. And then you'll see employees just pile in afterwards of here's what I'm grateful for today. Here's what I'm grateful for today. And it might be my husband brought me a Starbucks coffee, or it might be something, you know, really much more significant that, you know, I have a, cancer survivor in my family, and they've, you know, gotten through their chemotherapy this week, you know, it goes from the smallest things to very meaningful things. So, you know, I find starting your day off that way really sets the tone for kind of how you feel about
2: the day going forward. Julia, I I love these. When I was at Penn getting a master's in positive psych, I was I, I was so honored to have studied with Martin Seligman, the guy that created positive mm-hmm. psychology. Mm-hmm. So my thesis was all about positive interventions at work. And if I may, I'm gonna borrow that one because that, that that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll trade, I'll trade you one that has also worked. You know how people sort of dribble into the Zoom meeting where you have that three minutes of downtime. As people come into the meeting, do the same thing. What's something that you're grateful for in the last Day, month, week. Uh, I also do small, medium, large gratitude because most people kind of start with uh, the big stuff. My family loves me, but the little one, like, oh, the coffee today was yes. perfect. That's the little stuff, right? So, yeah, happy to happy to share. But I wanted to to ask my question about low engagement and dissatisfied employees. How do you turn them around? What do you do? Do you think it can be done? How do you handle them?
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we have learned here is listen. Just listen and keep keep listening um, and keep asking questions. So I mentioned engagement surveys. I think those are so important. And we talked a little bit about, you know finding out what is important to employees because it changes, you know, things have changed over the last couple of years. It may look different than what it looked like two years ago. So what are those things? Um, And then when you listen, not only listen, but follow up because we all know the worst thing you can do is ask a bunch of questions and get some great responses and then do nothing about it. Um, So I think being intentional about, okay, we heard you. Um, Here's where we're doing really great. Here's where we have some areas of opportunity. And here's what we're going to do as a leadership team to address uh, the things where we do have opportunity. So just constant um, feedback and communication around those, uh, I think is just key.
1: So, uh, Julie, before we close out, I did have one additional um, question I wanted to ask because I would assume that, given you're a software company, that you have a lot of um, employees and you attract talent to your company that is high in high demand, right? From you know whatever it's software engineers and data analytics and all of all of the coding jobs that you see as uh, being in high demand. So. When you think about being able to attract talent, I'm sure being one of the happiest places to work helps a lot (laughs) in attracting that top talent. But what else? Um, You mentioned learning and development, but are you seeing kind of different types of trends, especially for um, those types of skills that, you know, whether or not people come through a traditional university path or whether they get their skilling, you know, other ways through certificate programs and whatnot. What is your kind of recruitment of that type of talent which is you know really hard for a lot of companies to acquire these days?
3: It is yeah that's probably been one of the most challenging areas from a recruitment aspect because um those skill sets are in such demand so um, to your point, most of the time they are very attracted to our mission, but, um, you know, we have to find other things that make us um, more competitive and, you know, kind of show some differentiation. So um, for us, um, we've got a lot of great solutions for our practitioners. And I think some of the tech talent that is out there, um, you know, they want to build their knowledge in different tech stacks and having exposure um, that they can add to their resume is important. Um, you know, seeing our kind of robust benefits package is important. That's another way uh, that we feel that we're competitive um, but, you know, we're all uh, we're all looking for that top talent. So, you know, including also some we do some pretty detailed um, tech assessments and making sure that we're honing in on the right skills for the right role. And that, you know, gives us some credibility too in our hiring process that, you know, the talent that is out there sees how seriously we are taking um, the recruitment process and that we really want to add, um, great talent and and people that will also add to our culture
1: excellent I I well I know this is a pre-recorded podcast and today's jobs numbers came out and unemployment <laughs> actually I think it rose uh a tenth of a point or something along those lines which I guess is good for employers to hear that maybe there's some more talent out there but I think in the in the world of tech jobs it's probably a lot more jobs than than talent available so that's I mean, that's really fantastic that your company thinks more broadly beyond perhaps just compensation, but also all of the other types of benefits and the learning and development paths and so forth that are important to people, uh, young people, especially who are in those careers. So, um, you know, this this pretty much closes out our podcast. Any any final thoughts that you'd want to share? Is there a question we didn't ask, but some something you want to share?
3: Thanks. No, I enjoyed talking with all of you. Um, one thing I'll just mention that that resonated with me in the last few days and we shared this on one of our uh, recent meetings was I saw something recently that said, um, don't wait for it to get easy, to get happy. Um, and I thought, you know, that's so simple, but it's so true in your personal life, and your professional life, you know, we're all doing hard things. Sometimes work is not always easy and life can certainly throw you a wrench at times. So for me, it made me kind of step back and, and really think about, it's not always going to be easy, but you know, how can we enjoy the journey and the ride and knowing that what we're doing is making an impact. And so I keep, having that run through, run through my head, um, in these last few weeks. So, um, I'll leave you with that, with that thought.
1: Well, that's a fantastic piece of advice. I think all of us need to just be more in the present moment and have gratitude for what we have and and just try to be happy given whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Um, But that's fantastic. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. It was, this was a a very uh, insightful conversation that we've had for the past half hour. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much, Tessa. I really enjoyed it. It It's great to talk with all
2: of you. Thanks so much, Julie. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear future episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Happy at Work podcast and leave us a review with your thoughts.
1: Are you interested in speaking on a future episode or want to collaborate with us? Let us know. You can send us an email at admin at workpodcast.com.
0: And lastly, follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter for even more happiness. See you soon.